You're listening to Dwelling Place Podcast, sponsored by Parkside Bible Church. Our goal is to have a conversation about how we can become a dwelling place for God by His Spirit, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Good morning, or afternoon, or night, whenever you're listening to this. I just want to welcome you back to Dwelling Place Podcast. This is episode three. I'm really excited that we've gotten this far. Usually this is the point where people either decide that podcasts aren't really worth it, so I'm going to give up. Or they think, I don't have time for this, and they give up. Or, as our case, they decide, this is great, let's keep going. So, this is great, let's keep going. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit more about what we talked about last week, um, and then also bring it a little bit farther um, as we talk about God's nearness. So last week, we talked about God as creator, but also God as infinitely above us. And the fancy theological word for this, and this isn't going to be on a test, you don't have to know this, uh, but I find it helpful. The fancy theological word for this is transcendence. So when we talk about God as other or above, we're talking about how he transcends everything. So if you take apart that word a little bit, uh, the tran at the front is like transform, um, different. So you transform from one thing to another. The act of transforming is turning into something different. Um, And then sendence is uh, being above or over or having authority over something. So when you put those two words together, transcendence means God is above us, over us, in a kind of uh, infinite authority, but also he's just different. He has a different kind of existence than us, which we're grateful for because uh, we don't want a God that is just like us. We want one who is more than us and other and different. Um, Now, if you just leave the story there with God as transcendent, you kind of end up with... uh, like just God as a deity who started things. He created stuff and then kind of left us to do whatever we want. Um, And if you leave it that way, you end up with this kind of uh, popular way people talk about believing in God. So when celebrities say they believe in God or politicians say they believe in God, what they're thinking and what uh, we think too is the God that is huge and above everything and may or may not have a plan, uh, but doesn't necessarily care about where we're at. And that is not the God that we worship. Uh, He is absolutely transcendent. He is different, above, other than us. He's the creator of everything. But you can't just leave it there. Uh, Because on the other side, we have God as um, imminent. Now, if you take this word apart a little bit, it's a Latin phrase. Um, The M part is similar to how we talk about like the word in. Uh, Another way to talk about it is with. So the M is like in or with. And then the manence at the end of imminence is the Latin word for remaining or staying um, or being somewhere permanently. So when you put those two words together, imminence, we have uh, God as remaining with us. So this is God's, uh, not his Uh, transcendence being different other than us, but he's also with us, uh, remaining, staying. This is God's withness. He's near. He's close to us. And you have to have both of these things. 
if you err on either side, which we often do, and that's okay, uh, but if you think of God as one or the other, you're going to come up short. You either get this kind of popular, uh, there is a God somewhere idea, or you end up with everything adds up to God, or the tree is God, or God is in that thing over there. So both of these help us and guard us from erring on either side, which isn't true. So you have to have both of these things together, kind of in tension uh, with each other, but also uh, they're important for each other. Uh, So let me read a couple of passages that will maybe help clarify some of this. Uh, The first one is from Jeremiah 23. Uh, So this is Jeremiah 23, uh, starting in verse 23. And God says this, Am I a God who is near, declares the Lord, and not a God far off? Can a man hide himself in hiding places so I don't see him? declares the Lord. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord. So here in Jeremiah, God is talking about, I'm not just one or the other, I'm both. I fill the heavens and the earth, but I'm also far off away from them. I am both of these things. And really God is able to be imminent because he's transcendent. Because he created everything, he is able and has the power to be with it. So he is infinitely other, but also infinitely with us. And he's infinitely both of those things together. And you may be thinking, what are you talking about? This is fancy language. I'm confused. How can he be both things? Well, let's read another couple passages and and maybe this will help a little bit. Uh, The next passage I have is in Acts chapter 17. Um, And this is Paul uh, talking to the people at Athens. Uh, This is called Mars Hill or the Areopagus. And at this hill, there was a, an altar that says, to the unknown God. So Paul's walking around Athens and he sees this. And then he gets a chance to talk about it in front of these uh, philosophers in the first century. And so this is what he says in verse 22 of Acts 17. So Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all aspects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made this world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and boundaries of their living, that they would seek God if perhaps they might reach out for him and find him. He is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. As even some of your own poets have said, we are his children. So there's a lot going on in there, but see how we talked about last week, the Old Testament writers always talked about God as creator, and that was the basis for their argument about why you should worship him. Again, Paul picks that up and says, uh, this God that you're worshiping, he can be known. In fact, he created everything. Everything was made for him and through him, Um, but also he doesn't need us. He made people to worship him. And, in verse 27, to be able to seek him. If they reach out for him, they would find him because he is not far from each one of us. So there we have this nearness, this imminence idea uh, remaining with us. If we reach out for God, we would find him because he's not far. He's near. Uh, 
But he takes it a little bit farther too. And Paul says, for in him we live and move and exist. So even our normal everyday functions, we're not just close to God if we would reach out. But actually everything that we do is somehow participating in God's presence all of the time. Which is crazy to think about. Uh, But maybe that would shape the way we think about interactions with people. Maybe that would shape the way we think about um, where we go physically, the things that we're a part of, uh, the people that we hang out with, the things that we do. And it also is helpful because if anyone wants to know God, wants to know about him uh, and know him personally, that's possible. He is that near that we actually live and have our being in him. Are we tracking? This is kind of confusing. If it's confusing, that's okay. Uh, let this stuff sit on your heart a little bit because this is huge. And really this whole thing is, is a massive mystery. It's hard for us to comprehend how God is transcendent and how he's with us. Um, in John 1.14, Uh, John writes that the word, like the cosmic uh, creator of everything, became flesh. So God actually became, not just with us, not just alongside of us, not just near us, but God himself became flesh in the person of Jesus. And that is a huge mystery. The more you think about it, the more it's like, what? How does this even work? Um, But just two more quick passages, um, and they're kind of long, but they may be kind of helpful in this conversation. So turn, you don't have to turn with me. Sorry, I slipped into church mode there for a second. Uh, But Job chapter 9, and this is Job talking about God's character. Um, And he says this, starting in verse 5. It is God who removes the mountains. They don't know how. When he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble, who commands the sun not to shine and sets a seal upon the stars, who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples down the waves of the sea, treads on the waves of the sea. He who makes the bear Orion and the plaids and the constellations of the south, who does great things, unfathomable and wondrous works without number. Were he to pass by me, I would not see him. Were he to move past me, I would not perceive him. So Job talks about God as the creator and sustainer, the one who treads on the waters, tramples down the waves, has authority over the chaos. But he also says, if he were to pass me by, I wouldn't even be able to to know that he's there. It would uh, go by unnoticed. So even if he were to pass me by, I wouldn't really get it because he's so different. And when he does pass by, we don't all the way grasp it. And this is picked up um, in Mark uh, chapter uh, 6. And you may have heard this story before, but there's a couple things I want you to recognize here. So Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he himself was sending the crowd away. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Seeing his disciples straining at the oars, for the wind was against them, at about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, treading on the sea, trampling on the sea, and he intended to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke with them and said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. 
Then they got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished, for they had not gained any insight from the feeding of the multitude, but their heart was hardened. So here in Mark, and this is kind of a theme that goes throughout the Gospel of Mark, is that the disciples are with Jesus, but they don't really get who he is. They understand that he's uh, the Messiah, and in a couple chapters later, Peter declares him as the Messiah, but they don't really get what that looks like. And Mark is picking up uh, from Job 9 the sentence, he treads on the waters. He walks on the waters. So it's not just this peaceful uh, Jesus kind of taking a stroll by, not noticing the disciples are there, kind of like, oh, I didn't see you there. How's it going? Uh, But this is Jesus declaring himself as the one who treads upon the waters. And waters were a sign of like cosmic chaos, um, disorder, worry, uh, fear. And Jesus, declaring himself as God, tramples and treads across them. Then there's that phrase, um, he came to them walking on the sea and he intended to pass by them. This is picking up Job 9 brilliantly. And this is invoking that imagery of, even if God were to walk by me, I wouldn't really get it. I wouldn't be able to perceive him. Just like the disciples, even though they were with Jesus, couldn't understand how he was God, how he was transcendent and with them and uh, for them and near them, but also the mystery of how God became human. And it says they were astonished, but their heart was hardened. So uh, don't be afraid if you don't really get this, if it's confusing, if this is mysterious and strange, how God can be um, over and above and transcendent and different and other, uh, the ability to tread on water, move mountains, but also... If you were to pass by us, we wouldn't really get it. This is tricky, uh, confusing, difficult things to work through. But what I want you to get from this, the main thing is that uh, God is transcendent above and beyond us, but he's also with us, near us. And both of those things have to be held together in order for us to talk about God well. Um. So next week, we'll talk a little bit more about this. If you have any questions too, email me, text me, Facebook message me. Uh, Don't tweet me, (laughs) but you can talk to me on Sunday too. Um, I'd love to hear your questions, especially as we get into confusing things that we try to balance. Um, But I hope this kind of seeps into your heart, realizing that God is the creator of the universe, but also that he's infinitely with us, near us, and for us. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.